Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this morning is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 to 17. Here again the part that reads, But we ought to always give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved in the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through the sanctification of the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you through the go- our gospel, so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by our spoken word or by our letter. You may be seated. She was rummaging through her locker, and the bus was loading. A friend encourages her to come. She continues, frantically looking through, going through even her backpack. She finds what she's looking for. Maybe you've seen the commercial. She runs out only to see the bus has left without her. The Thessalonians are now panicking. At first, they were mourning over fellow believers who had died before Jesus had come. So Paul assures them in his first letter, but we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who have fallen asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. That's the confidence that they are to have about those that have died in the faith before them. But now, between his first letter and his second letter, someone has gone ahead and given them either another letter or spoken to them and convinced them that the Lord has already returned and the bus of heaven has already left. Paul again assures them that the Lord's appearing has not come. In fact, there's a whole lot more that has to happen before Jesus' return. So, where are you at? Are you panicking because of signs and wonders that are happening around us, rumors of war, the summer's tornadoes through the southern Minnesota and northern Iowa, this fall's hurricanes such as the one in Florida, political upheaval in Brazil and even our own country as we he- and Iraq, or Iran as we head to the midterm elections? It's enough to make your head spin. Stand firm. Hold on to the traditions taught by us. Are you frazzled that there are so many things going on, trying to divert your focus? There are things that are too big. We have barely time to even eat together at a meal. Kids need to get to hockey, grandkids to football and dance, and there's conferences to go to, let alone work and meetings and deer hunting. We are jolted when someone close to us dies and interrupts our lives. Our loved one has already left without us. Stand firm. Hold to the traditions that you were taught by us. But then again, maybe you're afraid of being alone. I can only imagine what children are thinking when their parents, 
when their marriage dies, wondering which parent they'll be living with and how they could see their friends or if they will ever have any friends at all. Will they be able to see both grandparents this year? What will Thanksgiving and Christmas be like? If you're older and have lost your parents and maybe even all your siblings, being the only one left is pretty lonely. Stand firm. Hold on to the traditions that have been taught by us. Our text uses the word traditions. When we lose a loved one, there are those things that we want to hold on, the memories. Memories are invigorate, are invigorate us, and we're comforted by making certain foods, taking out a piece of jewelry, or another item, remembering certain, one, certain words that our loved ones have shared with us. Or when we're frazzled, we take time to withdraw, to recall certain memories or words that once again give us stability to meet the challenges ahead. When the English word traditions is used here, those memories, those old things, are not what Paul is speaking about. Paul is talking about what has been handed down to them from the Lord. Literally, the Greek word means here to hand down. This may be the reason our translators use the word traditions. You hand down the traditions so that the next generations that come after us will remember. But the word traditions can also give us the wrong idea, as in old, once used, not vibrant, not living. So when you come across a word like this, we are to look in other places of the Bible, in other places of the Scripture, to see how or what meaning it is or how it, or excuse me, how it is used. Paul uses the word in the, with the same root in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23. But the translators of the ESV didn't use the word traditions. Not very consistent, but also helpful for us. Paul writes, it's translated, For what I received from the Lord, I have also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night he, when he was betrayed, yeah, what I received from the Lord, what has been handed down from the Lord, the tradition of the words of institution. In 2 Thessalonians, then Paul is telling them to stand firm, to hold on to what you were taught by our spoken or by our letter. Paul is speaking none else than of the word of God, the unchanging word of God. What Paul writes is the word of God. What Paul speaks is the word of God. What I as your pastor are to deliver to you today is the word of God. God's word is just not a fond memory that we had as we listened and learned in Sunday school. It is the word as we read in Hebrews chapter 4, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. So when you are confronted with the dead of a, death of a loved one, 
when you are confronted with the coming judgment of the Lord or wondering if you have missed it, go back to what Paul was encouraging the Thessalonians to do. Go back to the very Word of God as it is taught among God's people and always to be taught among us. Don't let political events rattle your cage. Don't despair over the loss of a loved one. Don't let the pressures of life let you forget. Don't let own loneliness overcome you. Stand firm. Hold on to what you were handed and taught by us. I am a bit surprised the way Paul goes ahead and handles the Thessalonians. For when Paul addresses the alarm of the Thessalonians, he basically says, don't be shaken, things are going to get worse. For that day will not come unless the rebellion comes first. And then he goes on for the next nine verses of how it's going to get worse. And then finally, he gives them the good news of the gospel. But look at what blessed good news that is. And for us as well. We ought to always give thanks to you, or thanks to God for you, beloved in the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through the sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. To this he called you, through our gospel so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. Notice how Paul goes ahead and firmly roots them and ties everything to being saved with the Holy Spirit, belief in the truth, in the gospel, yes, in Jesus Christ. They all come together in one package. The Holy Spirit calls us by the gospel, sanctifies us by the truth, gathers and enlightens and sanctifies us in, by, uh, in the one true faith. Why? Because we cannot, by our own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ or come to Him. So if someone comes to you and says you have to be rebaptized or need the baptism of the Holy Spirit, be reminded that the Holy Spirit works in and through baptism. Baptism is not separate from the Word of God and so is not separate from the Holy Spirit. If someone says to you, you need to follow this or that tradition to be secure in your faith, don't listen to them. Human traditions are only there to support the Word and our faith. They are not the Word. Like music. Luther says it's to be the handmaiden of the gospel. Not just because music makes us feel good. That's not the gospel. Because music can also distract us from the very word of God. Have you looked at the words of what you're listening to? Not just in church, but on the radio. Country music. It's not all that nice, a lot of it. Talks about the heartache of being separated and marital infidelity. 
Rap music has its roots in anti-social, anti-government, anti-parent, degrading women. But then again, not all rap music is bad either. We even have a member of the Lutheran Church of Missouri Synod who's a pastor that goes by the name of Flame. And his lyrics are so Lutheran. Listen. And know what you're listening to. Do you really want going in your ears even when you're not really listening before you look for some distraction from all the cares of this world or you want to be entertained, look first to what the Lord has given to you. He has given you His enduring, changeless, life-giving Word. And with it, you will be kept from being alarmed, calmed when you are frazzled, kept from worrying that you have been left behind, remembering that God chose you from the beginning. He will be with you. He will carry you. Remember that you are as a first fruits, the best of his creation is redemption. Stand firm. Hold on to what has been handed down to you, the very word of God. Amen. The peace of God that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus.